Welcome to Dice and Mind, a podcast hosted by Brad Brown and Jason Kaufman to explore the intersection of life, games, science, music, philosophy, and creativity through interviews with leading creatives. All are welcome in this space. So we have not um, recorded for a couple of weeks now. So and and you've traveled and a lot mm-hmm. of stuff going on. So we've we've talked on the phone and everything, but we've been able to connect tonight and catch up on things that we haven't for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been good because um, it's given us time to kind of process um, what we've done over the past year, yeah. um, as well as as well as you know our discussions with our, our, our guest tonight, uh, Travis Baldry. I don't know. How has your last couple of weeks been? You've been extraordinarily busy. Uh, it's been, it's been good. Thanks. The, so as we record, we're a little in advance, not too terribly far in advance this time. Um, just kind of playing catch up. I, uh, so what, what you're alluding to is I was gone last week out of state to run a field study which, which, and we'll talk about that off there. We haven't had a chance yet. Seemed yeah. to go really, really well. We'll see what the data say in the coming month. Um, and so because of that, you know, the week before ended up fairly busy trying to get stuff done, get stuff wrapped up. And that, and that included, um, I mean, recordings with yep. guests up until, you know, the Friday evening before I flew out Sunday midday. Um, and so, yeah, things have been busy, but... Uh, I think we were both really pleased. I know we were both really pleased, really grateful to have the chance once again to talk with Travis Baldry. Uh, just to put things in perspective, especially for newer listeners of Dyson Mind. So as this episode drops, it is mid-November of 2023, episode 105. But back in July of 22 episode 59 travis was so very kind to join us uh he was at that point really as an author just being discovered he had not yet had legends and let me rephrase i was gonna say legends and lattes had not yet been out that long that's inaccurate legends and lattes was just really hitting uh, it had just the in the months, couple months before, been picked up by Tor Books, yeah. and uh, after its initial run, and uh, you know, as I've said on the podcast before, Brad, I'm not much of a fantasy reader. There have been, I mean, exceptions, and of course, like we were just talking about Lord of the Rings off air before we hit record, but I mean, legends and lattes. This it, I just said, it's a story about an orc who opens a coffee shop i read of i i saw that and i thought i have to read this and i read the book in like two settings and it was just so much fun it was such a delight i had i texted you and i'm like we he's never gonna say yes but we we've got to ask this guy on and we had i mean if you recall as i know you do we had a heck of a conversation i i think i think you're even kind of understating you know you are your interest in sci-fi fiction is relegated really mostly to the classics. Well, you um, know? I, like, I have branched. Like Asimov, you have, but my yeah. point is, is that you know, for many years it was Asimov, mm-hmm. Ben Bova, um, mm-hmm. things like that. So when you recommend, and I bring this up because when you recommend a fiction book 
to me. It is atypical. Whether it is sci-fi or not, I heed that very seriously because um, well, it it there you have a high bar. I for... I mean I like to, but come on, an orc who opens a coffee shop. Oh yeah. I mean that just screams to be red. But I mean I thank you. But it's so. Anyways, it's it was a quick. I mean, it's a great book. It's just super fun. And Travis had shared with us at that time, he was working on a second one. Well, there's a story that comes after that. And that's coming up in a few minutes uh, because Travis was just so gracious to to spend some time with us again, uh, talking about the lead up to his second book, which is dropping right around now, which is Bone Dust and Bookshops. So now there's an orc. I'm assuming we haven't read it. We haven't read it. Uh, he was great, kind enough to give us the, the PDF, but I am staying away from it because I want the book in my hands to enjoy this month. But I mean, an orc in a bookshop, like cafes and bookshops. I mean, my God, Travis, take our money. Well, yeah, I mean, how, you know, once you once you move down into where I was living in the Milwaukee area, that's where we spent the majority of our time. We can we can point uh, out not with orcs. We should probably no, qualify. yeah, yeah. There were no orcs, but between that and bookshops and cafes and bookshops, cafes and bookshops, and then either of our apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I mean. That's where we had all of our deep conversations, which in effect mm-hmm. kind of were precursors to what you're listening to. Now. In effect, they, they were, you know, it's funny too, because like I was just talking about this with some people this last week. I mean, both of my daughters spent, I mean, it hasn't changed a whole lot, but spent their early years in cafes and bookshops. Yeah. Cause you know, when it was a daddy day, let's go get a coffee. <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> But but it's it's served that it's served them well as we'll students see. and as Time aficionados. I mean they, I mean, but you also ingrain with them a love of the, a love of Friends as a TV show. Um, that was not me. That had, was completely had nothing to do with me. That huh? is a thing with their gender. I do not take. I can't take credit for that. But who we watches? Watch it doesn't together. doesn't your youngest watch the Star Wars? Um. um um mira will watch some star wars with me and uh she'll watch trek with she'll she really likes lower decks okay uh and i mean you know kudos to mike mcmahon and team because that that's really speaking to a, a broad generation anyways we've we had the pleasure I, we've of, sent us yeah, they, oh, yeah. Travis's, his first book was phenomenal um he told us he was work, beginning to work on a second book like you had said, yeah, there's, there's a, a story. fascinating story to go along with that. So listen carefully. because And there's a follow-up story, which we're not going to spoil right now. No, we're not. No, we're not. No. So, so it's, yeah, it was really just, um, it was just a lot of fun to chat with Travis again, to learn not about the book, because everyone's interviewing him for that, but to learn what was his writing process, what was his thought process, um, you know, what's coming next for him. And he... Man, he, I mean, it's Travis. And just like the first time we spoke with him that we met him, he's just so giving of insight. So um, mm-hmm. we we hope you all enjoy our chat with him truly as much as we did. Mm-hmm. 
Travis Baldry is a full-time audiobook narrator who has lent his voice to hundreds of stories. Before that, he spent decades designing and building video games like Torchlight, Rebel Galaxy, and Fate. Apparently, he now also writes books. He lives in the Pacific Northwest with his very patient family and their small, nervous dog. He is the author of Legends and Lattes and Bookshops and Bone Dust. So about when Jason and I talked about this a minute ago, a little over a year and a half ago, we both came upon, um, when we were searching, when it was called Twitter, um, and we came across this book called uh, Legends, and, Legends Lattes. and Lattes. And I was hooked by the title, so I had to investigate it. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you know, we're readers and we're coffee nuts, and I just it just clicked. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, we had an opportunity to talk to the author, mm-hmm. uh, Travis Baldry. And then we found out that there's another book coming out. We talked, I think you kind of alluded, he alluded to it. Yeah, um, we talked about, you You had ideas for that second one, even at that point. Um, yeah. yeah, when when was that interview? So, so that was, okay, so that was, I'm glad you asked that. So if I'm correct, Legends and Latte is published on June 7, unless that was the, the I, I think that was the original well, before date. You, before you do that, the original publication date was February 22nd. That was the oh. indie version. And then oh, the yes. ebook was taken over by Tor. Thank you. I believe in June 6th or 7th. And then they mm-hmm. got the paperback reprint done in November. Was... I think the 7th again. So okay, and that's three when... different dates. Yeah, geez, that's right. And I, I didn't hear about it. I didn't see anything until the paperback from Tor. From Tor. And because mm-hmm. I remember... Um, to answer your question the painfully long way, I remember I, I was like, this is too fascinating to give up. And I love the cover art. I order it. I sit down and read it. I think I read it in like two days. I call Brad. I'm like, there's no way he's going to say yes. But this book was a ridiculous amount of fun. We have to ask if we'll chat. And you were so kind to come on and chat. And that was July of last July year. July 11th. I just looked it up because I was like, I have to know when this was July 11th. So the second book had not been written yet. Right, but I remember you talking about you had ideas, yeah, and you didn't and know it was going to happen. They were not the ones that it ended up being, um, awesome, because it all went horribly wrong. Oh, oh, really? Are you willing to elaborate, or you just want to? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm pretty sure that the ideas I alluded to, and I'm, was that it was going to be basically fantasy murder. She wrote. That was what the second okay. book was going to be, and yep. I can't remember if I said that or not. I don't think you did. Um, but that was what the book was going to be. Yeah. And when Tor picked up the first book, part of the deal for them picking up was that they also wanted a second book. And mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted to do. I had already had it in mind and I gladly told them and they were all on board. And I wrote about uh, 30, I feel like I wrote like 20, 20, 30,000 words of that. And I hated it. Oh, wow. Oh. Um, and that would have been probably a month or two after we had an interview. I yeah, believe. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was horrified and I couldn't. And I've said this before, but I, I the real challenge for me was I felt really terrible while I was writing it. And I couldn't figure out if I felt terrible because people had expectations and I was worried about meeting them or if there was something fundamentally wrong with the book. I just mm-hmm. did not know which feeling was which because I just yeah. had never been in that position before. Yeah. And I just didn't think it was working. And I thought I had to spend so much of the book trying to make a mystery function 
You got to you got to have the clue when the people has to stumble across the information like the machine has to function mm -hmm. and then all the people kind of get lost. And the only thing I care about is the people. Um, so it just didn't work for me. And I sent them an email and I was, you know, really worried and said, this is not working. And I got to I got to I got to do something else. Yeah. And then it took like three more tries before I found the book that Whoa. was ultimately the one that I wrote. Yeah. And that was also the point where I untangled which feeling was which. Because I'm like, okay, I like this book. I nice. I understand this book. I get this book. <sighs> I still have, you know, a vague terror of not meeting people's expectations and disappointing people, but yeah. that's a separate feeling from this works or does not work for me. And so that was a relief to discover. Yeah. And um that is ultimately the book that is now about to be yeah. published. I finished writing it like a week ago, a year ago. So oh my it's, God. it's, it's been done for ages. Right. It's weird. That, that is okay. So legends and lattes that the main protagonist of course was Viv, right? This wonderful mm -hmm. battle weary orc who discovers coffee. I mean, that's so clever, but did all, and, and we know from what tours released, we know that bookshops and bone dust follows Viv as well. Right. Yes, That's, I mean, but did the iterations, the attempts in between, were, were you always coming back to her? No. In fact, none of them. She showed up tangentially in okay. um, the initial book that I was going to write. She was going yeah. to pop in. She was, it was like a cameo appearance. Um, but yeah, she was not the main character. It, it had a totally different cast of characters. And all of those books had something useful in them. I... I liberally harvested everything I could from nice. all yeah. of the wreckage of the right. other books. And lots of those things showed up in the book I wrote, but it was not my intent to revisit her. And um, because I kind of wanted to leave her parked. Yeah. And I liked that she'd retired. I didn't want to mess things up for her. Right. It, it feels like that spoils it, especially since it's ostensibly a cozy book. You want to mm -hmm. feel like when people land where they want to land that you want to yeah. leave them there. So, which is why it's a prequel. And, um, it was, uh, it was just not a, it was not a route I expected to take. I didn't expect that I would be revisiting her and she's a separate person in this book. You can still mm -hmm. tell it's her, but mm -hmm. she has very different goals and needs and, and mm -hmm. she has her own arc there that is not the same arc, but, um, yeah, yeah I, I was surprised a little bit that you went the prequel route. Now, again, this this episode is actually dropping like days after the book comes out, but we're recording in advance. So Ren, I don't know anything. But okay. I, I was I was a little a little surprised just because of the and I think it sounds really cool, but the way you started Legends and Laches, you know, like you did have really nice bookends, no pun intended. Like you kind of mm -hmm. saw that little glimmer in, in her past and then it just made sense. So I'm yeah, I'm very, very intrigued. So one of the things that yeah. is, I, one of the things I think that is a major theme of the book is this sort of meta idea that prequels aren't irrelevant, that the things that happen early in your life are meaningful and are worthy, nice. even if they aren't where you ended up. Like nice. the relationship that you had when you were younger, that isn't the ultimate relationship you have, but still is fundamental to the person you became. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That it's not, they're not dead ends. They're all part of what make you, you. Mm -hmm. Um and I think one thing happened when I was doing this that made me feel even better about doing it, which was I watched Andor. I watched that, yeah. uh, Absolutely. which I thought was amazing. 
Yes. And 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 the entire way through, I'm like, this story is great. And it doesn't matter that I know where everybody ends up. I, it doesn't right. matter that I know the fate of this person. Because right. what really matters to me is all of these people that mm -hmm. I'm so interested in. You know, I don't care who lives or dies. I care mm -hmm. about these people that I'm interested in spending time with. No. So, yeah, that's a compelling argument. And it's a, well, nice jumping over to Star Wars from, from, you know, yeah. so that's awesome. Yeah. So I, we, one of the things we were hoping to ask you is, mm -hmm. okay, so, you know, Legends and Lattes uh, has been out obviously for a while. Bookshops and Bone Dust, right, as we're recording, coming soon, as this drops, just came out because this is just a little in advance. Um, But, you know, and I know you said, you just said, you know, you've been done with it for like a year, but there's not a lot of time, Travis, in between, like the genesis. I mean, it it's kind of remarkable to me, like, like when you must have started writing Legends and Lattes to now be a year out from the second one as it's dropping. Um. That's a lot to happen, especially given these are your first books. I mean, what's just generally, because like you said, you're still you're still narrating for audiobooks, right? Mm -hmm. You're doing all those things. What's life been like for you for the past, I mean, basically years since crowded. we've seen you? Yeah? <laughs> crowded. Very crowded. Um, there's just not been much downtime at all. Um, and so I am doing three more books with Tor. Um, I signed right. a deal to do three more books. Congratulations. But I, one of the things I said when I did it was like, I've got to take a year without <laughs> delivering you a book because I have to, I have to arrange my life to not be overstuffed. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, because it was, it was just, it's a lot. Um, and imagine. when you figure in things like uh, travel for book promotion and, you know, uh, events related to books and, uh, all of that takes time and it's fun to do and I enjoy it, but it, it also just takes time. Yeah. Um, and I am, I I'm, I'm making strides at untangling my life. So good for you. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, but the so, books are written relatively quick. I mean, the first yeah, book was written yeah. in a month and the second one, if it hadn't had, you know, several aborted, yeah. um, uh, detours took about a month and a half. Um, because it's longer. Uh, okay, wait, when you say longer, how long are we talking here? Uh, the first one, I think, was like 62,000 words, and the second one is like 82,000. So it's not like oh my god crazy, but it's still no. it's, a, it's a lean book. But a month and a half, I mean, come on. Um, but my process for them was is the same. I, I write a chapter a night until it's done, and I don't stop because that's more or less what I have to do. That's incredible. My, my chapters are relatively brisk. Uh, chapters, you know, in audio terms, uh, it's like 15 minutes, maybe, um, which is what, but, but you did, I mean, yeah. you, okay. But you, you, you have kept up now twice that, that burst of writing you said in the evening. So that's in addition to work to yeah. all the narration. I mean, that's not just, that's what I'm doing for, for a month. That's in addition to like life. Yeah. You do that in the, you do that in the evenings. Yep. Yeah. That's incredible. Which now, is uh, not ideal. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I would prefer to have that month where I don't have audio to work on and I can just sit down and work yeah. on the book. Right. Um, 
I'll discover, watch, I'll discover that that's, it's really critical that I have to write it in the evening after I've already spent my day and I feel like this intense time pressure. Maybe that's the only way I can write. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have enough. I don't have a large enough sample size yet. You're about to. <laughs> yeah, I am. So, <laughs> may, I, I, sorry, but before you jump in, Brad, and then I'll stop. But, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know if you can even answer this. And if you can't, don't worry. But you said, so you've contracted for three more books. Yeah. Is that a trilogy or, or do you have carte blanche to write what you want to write in, in that regard? I can do whatever I want. I can yeah. do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, I will write at least one more book in this oh, world. Cool. Yeah, good. Um, I'm kind of sticking with the, the, they're in a series, but they stand alone sort of deal because that's the way I prefer to read books. Yeah. I, would just, yeah, I nice. just want a story when I'm done reading a book. I'm I hate having a cliffhanger and then I wait another year for a book and I don't remember what happened. I just don't like to read that way. Fair. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Just going back to you're writing a chapter a night and this is kind of minutia, but I'm fascinated by, by writers when you're planning this out, even when you were planning out the, the other attempts that just didn't work out for you, you know, are you outlining? How are you kind of, cause if you're, if you're going through like a chapter a night, that's just, that's crazy. I mean, I, I, I don't have the skill to do that. How do you kind of prep and know what you're going to write about? Is it just. I have to outline. I don't like okay. that, but I, but I have to do it. Um, I have a chapter for me is probably uh, 2000 to 2,500 words. So it's not a crazy word count for a day. Okay. It's not, it's okay. not ludicrous. I don't Fair. write ridiculously long chapters because I like short chapters. Mm -hmm. um, I find them a more compelling way to read because I don't tap out. Yeah, right. And then if I get to the end of the chapter, the point is made, and then maybe I want another one. And I'm like, well, I don't have to go too far. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like that sort of pacing. Um, so I have to outline. Um, and for me, outlining um, means, uh, what I've come to understand for me is that outlining means that I have to write out the outline in plain English and full, complete sentences. So I basically have to oh. tell the story in short. Yeah. Um, because I find that for me, that solves a lot of problems. If I make like four bullet points, the things that have to happen in chapter four, there's a lot of connective tissue in there that if I don't think my way through it, when it comes time to figure that out while I'm actually writing, I get stuck. Okay. And I'm like, oh, shoot, they have to get across town. How was I going to do that? Oh, and then I have to solve that problem at the moment. But if I have to tell it, like I was telling somebody to table the story so that it would have to make sense to them, right. then I end up having to solve in a very brief way all of these problems at a high level and it gets out of my way when I have to write. That doesn't mean I don't still have gaps or discover that I didn't cover something I needed to cover, but it takes a lot of that, um, yeah. that like stage direction out of the picture for me. And is that done before then you sit down for that month and a half of writing? Yeah. It okay. usually takes, you know, several days to do. Um, okay. Before that, I have to have the idea. I have to have the concept. And I have right. to know who who my characters are and mm -hmm. what's the what's the central, you know, uh, conflict for them. What's the thing that is going on in their life that they're wrestling with that is the engine that makes it go. And mm -hmm. if I know that, then I, plot is almost irrelevant. You know, it okay. makes itself fall yeah. into place. I, I have because it involves characters and what they do and what's an interesting thing for them to be doing, which almost always, you know, presents some idea for something to happen. Yeah. Um, hmm. So far, again, all of this is, again, with a really small sample size, but I, you know, I feel <laughs> like I'm feeling out the things that work for me yeah. to be able to tell a story. And yeah. I've been, I've been surprised at how little like, uh, 
planning the 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 individual chapters take it's just it, you it's it's almost like um it's almost like holding onto a bar of soap it's just about mm. to slip out of your hands and you're just like keeping a grip on it till the end and if <laughs> so, so okay you you know you keep saying you've got a small sample and and yeah sure the book wise it's an end of two chapter wise it's a whole bunch of chapters right i'm curious the the your writing process and your thought process around it did that change much from the first to the second book um i i think that i i had realizations um like i i thought i could just write a if i thought that i could use the steps that i had made process wise to make sure that i could just write a book and it would be fine but i discovered with the mystery attempt that, that was not the case because i had a very rich outline for it it was like ten thousand words of outline i knew everything oh, that happened yeah. but when it hit the page it's just i had prioritized wrong what's important to me and i okay. said it in some other interview that like i'm not agatha christie what i'm actually i'm not i'm not writing that kind of book what i'm really <laughs> what i'm more comfortable with is scooby doo where it's just a bunch of weirdos <laughs> in a van and like the mystery is really secondary to it right right um right you just pull the mask off of old man jenkins at the end and okay the mystery is solved but do you remember how they actually put together the clues to figure this out of course not it's no. just it's just the gang doing weird stuff right Eating Scooby um, so I'm, and, yeah. I had a realization that that is what's most important to me nice. that that and that's what I need to be able to tell a story is characters who I'm just interested in following mm -hmm. and that if 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 that's not foremost for me then I'm gonna get caught up in annoying mechanical details mm -hmm. you know like you said, sample size may be small, but it'll be interesting down the road if you're ever willing to join us again to see how things have changed for you. Books on, yeah, yeah, and I imagine they will. I mean, I will just. Say, everybody seems to yeah. say, you know, the the book you're writing is always a new book. It's there's always some new problem. It never really gets. You never really nail it down. Yeah, um, yeah, and I can I can see that, especially if you don't want to write the same thing over and over. And I don't. Yeah. Just flipping that for a sec. What you know, you do so much narration, right? I think you're going wherever. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you. I mean, how many, how many books have you narrated at this point in your career? I'm assuming like 320 or something. Okay, so that's a big sample, right? Has has that process for you evolved over the years? Um. Yes. Yes. I mean, you. I don't think it evolves as much as something like writing because the the basic elements it's all it's always going to be the same words so it's mm -hmm. more technique and mm -hmm. approach but at the end of the day you sit down and you do the work and um it's creative but it's not creative in the same way sure um because the foundation's there right. uh, so your approach to like how you might voice a character or your technique in say accent or your perception of what an author is attempting to do and how you're going to facilitate that can evolve. But I don't think you go through the same sea change as like, I've been writing cozy fantasy novels and I'm going to write a horror novel. You know, that's right. just a different right. beast um, because you're creating something from whole cloth. Interesting. I mean, not only do you read, but with you narrating, I'm assuming and correct me if I'm wrong, in effect, you're, you're, reading these books so you're digesting them i'm assuming as you're as you're narrating them or is it a different process to, 
where you're not as engaged with the story as much when you're narrating versus if you're just reading recreationally? I think it's much more engaged to narrate than okay. to read on the page. It certainly is for me because when I read on the page, I can skim or lose track of something or mm -hmm. get kind of like the thinner version of it because mm -hmm. my I was distracted or I just wasn't really into it at the time or I just really didn't particularly have any interest in the passage I was reading. Sometimes a book, parts of it bore you or are just not interesting for you or, or there you can be disengaged for any number of reasons. It's hard to do that in audio. You have to read every word and you're, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like music. You, if you don't stay cognizant of what you're doing, it's like you get off beat, mm -hmm. you know, you can tell mm -hmm. when something falls apart when somebody's performing music, right? All of a sudden it's dissonant and it's wrong. Right. And a thing, the same thing happens when you're reading. So you have to stay engaged. Um, you are absolutely digesting what's going on and you're forming opinions all the way through. Like, this is what they're trying to do. I think it's doing that well. I don't think it's doing that well. Boy, this feels like it's going on long or boy, that landed great. This was an incredible line of dialogue. It felt so natural and wonderful to say, or, oh my God, how do I make this line sound like an actual human being uttered it? <laughs> um, because it's yeah. almost impossible to say out loud, either because... The sentence is, sentence is disjointed or it's fragmentary or, or, or whatever, or, or just literally there's certain syllables. If you put them next to each other, people won't naturally say those aloud because they're difficult to say aloud. You would just right. find another way to say it because your mouth would not want to form those sounds in proximity to each other. Right. You can always tell authors who have read their dialogue aloud <laughs> versus authors who haven't. Or authors that have a really good ear for dialogue and are hearing it aloud in their heads before they put it on the page. There's a real distinct difference. So you're observing all of these things as you're reading and you ingest all kinds of lessons as you do that that are really, really um, potent when you come to write because mm -hmm. you've, That's you've basically rich. done an ongoing critique, <laughs> both positive and negative, with all of the words that you've churned through. It's hard not to takes things from that unless you're not paying any attention at all in which case you're probably not a very good narrator <laughs> i i, I, I want to phrase this in a way where you can't possibly get in trouble so whether it's professional recreational whatever um are there any authors over the years and maybe this is just from you reading but because you're a writer because you're a narrator you've got these insights and these experiences are there any authors these days who you think just really write, they handle the written word particularly well in terms of the way it lands. I'm not talking in terms of plot or, or description, but sure. just, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I know I can think of quite a few. I'll, I'll give you a popular one first that everybody knows. Stephen King writes mm -hmm. sentences that yeah. are made to be read aloud. Okay. And I think that I am of the opinion that the written word is really an imperfect version of the spoken word. Right. We had stories yeah. before we could write. Right. We invented the written word to try and nail them down to a page. Mm -hmm. And all of the uh, everything we have to do with punctuation and italicization and everything else is a way to try and capture something that somebody can do orally. Right. But right. it's not the same. It's like a Xerox copy or something. You know, you lose fidelity as you go. Mm -hmm. So I think that when you read something that is easily read aloud, that that is like a really good indicator of strong writing to me. Yeah. 
because it's reproducing the elemental way that a story should be told. So I think Stephen King can be read aloud incredibly well. His sentences just work. His dialogue just works. They're just a pleasure to read. Um, the actual act of reading is pleasurable because they just they fit into your brain just right. It's like a puzzle piece slotting into the right spot. Yep, that's the way those words need to go for it to feel correct in my head. Um, uh, authors that I narrate for, uh, Will White is a very readable reader. He's really good at it, and he approaches it like work. And all the authors that I know that I have talked to about this really do approach it that way. They have a very strong focus on craft and yeah. the the business of writing, the the day-to-day -day work, you know, when you're not inspired and you're just sitting down and doing the thing, they're very con cognizant of that. Um, hmm. Kyle Kieran, who writes the uh, Ripple System series, is also just a, a reader's writer, as far as I'm concerned. He has easily the funniest dialogue I have ever read. He's, he's wow. one of the funniest authors I've ever read. And I think a real good hallmark of that is uh, an author that can write a long series that continues to be funny for new reasons as you go without recycling its jokes. It's introducing new and entertaining long-term jokes that feel very natural and are just, they're just a delight to read. Um, so um, I'll give you an ex I can't give you an example of the writing because I don't have it sitting in front of me, but yeah. The uh, the Ripple System series is a series about it's it's a gamelet series. It's about a guy who uh, inherited a business from his dad, very wealthy, and basically tanked the business by being a good guy. <laughs> and as a result, you know the board ousts him. His dad comes back in to save it, dies of a heart attack. So the guy's a pariah, but has all this inherited money, and he's just like. My life is shambles. Everybody knows me and loathes me. And this new game comes out that has like immersion pods. And he buys up the and takes some of his wealth and he buys up the entire early access period. So he has exclusive access to the game. Everybody hates him even more. But he's like, <laughs> I'm just never going to log out of this game ever. <laughs> I'm just going to start a new life. I'm going to give myself the best head start I can. And um, he so he does this. The CEO of the company is incensed because he just ruined their early access. And so he gives him a poison pill, which is Frank the Axe. And Frank the Axe knows everything there is to know about the game, but hates Ned. So he gives him a sentient axe that hates him, that knows everything. <laughs> and has a, the, basically the personality of Danny DeVito in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> and... Um, at the same time, he needs somebody to help him. So his, he has an automated house, which has an AI named House that runs his house. And he has her log into the game and pretend to be a person so that he has another character to adventure with. And she's great because she doesn't know how to be a person. And she has to run on like low cycles while she's in the game so that she doesn't just dominate it. So it's kind of like the, the weak sauce version of his house AI learning to be a person and trying to pretend to be a person like she stands awkwardly close and when she lies her teeth itch and she scratches them and she does basically a naruto run because she doesn't know that she's supposed to use her arms and then she turns out <laughs> she's also a cat lady she's really attracted to cats anyway these characters are all in this and you i mean you can already you're, you're already laughing yeah because well, you, yeah, can just gauged, see yeah. The, you can see yeah. the you can see the numerous possibilities yeah and it's just hysterical it's great and he's one of those 
authors who reads out loud. In fact, after he heard me read Frank out loud, now he tries to do the Frank voice when he reads the dialogue so he can make sure that the humor lands just right. Oh, that's cool. And so I've, I've really gone off road here talking about Not authors. At all. But, <laughs> Not at all. But, but that's but a way to picture. I notice those yeah. sorts of things. I notice those sorts of things. Yeah, and well, yeah. You could, they're really apparent if you're reading a book out loud. You just can tell. Like I've read passages of Stephen King stuff, and it's just like, yeah, it's just a joy to read aloud. Do do you you? I was wondering about that. Do do you ever like when you're reading for the sake of reading, not work? Mm -hmm. Do you ever read aloud? I don't. I wish I did, but I you know I don't usually come into my box to read. If I had yeah, infinite fair. time, if I had in, it takes a lot longer to read a aloud. Lot I'm longer. a fast page reader. Mm -hmm. And I have lim I've limited disposable time, right. so I don't read aloud. But yeah. in a perfect world, with infinite time, I would read every book that I loved aloud to myself because oh, yeah. that's the way to get the best version for me. Yeah. Um, I when um when my girls, I mean my my daughters are both in high school. One's one's applying to college now, but but when they were little, around the breakfast, you know, around the table at breakfast when they were be going off to school or in the evenings. I read aloud the entire Harry Potter series to them. And, yeah. and it's a long, it long is. process. And I discovered my retention for reading aloud, especially trying to enunciate to make it interesting for them, was just shot. Like my, I have a really good memory for books, except for those seven. Interesting. I can, I can honestly not tell you much of what happened other than the major plot points and and I think that's because my attention was so externally focused. But I mean, that's why, because you, you do so much of this, the reading, the writing, the narrating. I'm I, curious. I think there's probably a tipping point for you, because for me, it my retention be. goes up. Interesting. But I don't have to think hard about what I'm doing. I've, mm -hmm. you, you build up instinct, right? It's all right. just you're, you're piling knowledge on top of knowledge and experience yeah. on top of experience to build instinct. And once you have an instinct, you act instinctively and you're absorbing what's going on yeah. as opposed to oh god am i am i doing the voice right can i do this with a british accent right now mm -hmm. you know if you once you've done a british accent for hundreds and hundreds of hours you don't think about it and you're like oh how would a british person say it? you just it's right. you just you just got that okay, so I a, um i, I think stupid, there's a tipping point i got a really stupid really question really have you ever gone out have you because you can do these voices and these accents you know, have you ever gone to a copy shop and say, okay, I'm going to play the Brit? And no, no? I never have. <laughs> but never but now that you bring it up, no. <laughs> never once, never once. Um, because I might go back. And then we'll be like, <laughs> wait a second. Well, that's the best way. That's the best way to, to mess with someone. Weren't, weren't you in here as a Brit? Weren't you British? British? Right. No, what are you talking about? Do you so now you're this time around? We were talking about this before we hit record. You're going on um, on tour. You're going on a road tour for for this book, um, and you you may not be able to talk about it too much. Maybe you can, and I think you might be on the road as oh, this yeah. drops. Where are you heading? Yeah, um, I start here in my hometown. I go to Seattle. I go to T Tempe, Sacramento. St. Louis, New York, uh, Portland, Maine, Toronto, Pittsburgh, um, shoot, Austin. Yeah, well, all um, over. 
Ah, uh, there's there's another one or two uh, in book, there. Bookshops and or universities. Uh, usually it's bookshops. Okay. It's almost always a bookstore. Nice. Um, they get lots of requests for you to show up at bookstores, and they kind mm. of, I think they try, they just put them in a box and like, okay, we'll try and map something out of this, you know. And you can't go to every place. Yeah, of course. But, uh, uh, they try and hit, you know, sort of around the country to make yeah, get some course. reasonable coverage with the time yeah. you got. Twelve uh, is it? Did you say twelve stops in twelve days? Did I have that right? Or? I believe so. I think it's twelve. Yeah. Um, start on the sixth, and I get home on the eighteenth, and I have a thing on the eighteenth. Oh my so, god, Travis! Um, and this next weekend, I've got four things. Yeah. Um, Tequila in the Seattle area, and Olympia, mm. and a couple wow. things in Olympia, and then Palsbo, which is out on the peninsula mm. in uh, in Western Washington. I got. I got to ask, and again, you can. You don't have to tell us. Are you doing Powell's? Um, no. I did go by Powell's because I was at Rose City Comic Con. Okay. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and so I went to Powell's and signed everything there. Oh, that's and cool. Met everybody, and I got to sign the pillar. Um, oh, you you were... posted that stuff. We saw that. Yeah. 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 And they were and they were running the little book store on the floor of the comic-con so i met everybody from nice. well, not everybody i met lots of wonderful yeah. folks from powell's but no portland 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 oregon is not a stop just portland maine uh, oh oh that's cool though that's okay um, that's, but that's, i i i would love to do something at yeah. powell's um yeah. and i i think they would be fine with me doing that if we if we uh if we work out the timing yeah when you when you are going is it and this is just sheer curiosity on our part. Is it just you or is there someone who's coming with you for yeah, support? Man. Okay. That's um, just intense. It's me, and, it's me and, the, and whatever Uber drivers get me from, you know, the airport to where I got to go. Nice. Wow. Nice. That's, I mean, it's, it sounds like fun, but that sounds exhausting. I always see videos of other people doing stuff and they've got like an entourage and I'm like, how does that, that work? That's why I'm, yeah, that's <laughs> why I'm asking. I know. I just saw yeah. V.E. Schwab's doing, doing her tour or just finished it. And yeah. I was like, oh, man, they look, they're having a great time. There's a whole bunch of people going. What's, what's, what's that all about? But no, I'm not no. quite that cool. <laughs> no group, no groupies yet for the book tour. No. Hey, um, you still got, you still got three books. You'll pick them up. That's right. You'll pick up the money. <laughs> um, okay, so as as we kind of as we we consider wrapping, I'm I'm curious. You can't have much free time, but but when you do have that free time, what kind of stuff are you doing these days? Um, I walk. Um, I uh, I used to play games, but I just all games are too long now. I just don't have the time to invest. So I was going to yeah, play like yeah. Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. And I think I played through the intro and I was like, well, <laughs> they're winning a day and I have no <laughs> chance of getting right. anywhere into this. How many acts are in this? How many hundreds of hours of gameplay? There's no way I can do this. Right. Um, I made some pretty reasonable progress on Tears of the Kingdom, but then I had to put it down and now I haven't gone back. Um, so I like games, but I'm just, I yeah. just don't have enough time to devote. Um, I like to read. So I read a lot of novellas when I can, but I haven't even been able to do that in a while. Um, so uh, sometimes I just, you know, collapse and and I scroll on TikTok, which sounds really ridiculous. But, you know, <laughs> it's no, just that's, low yeah, effort. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's effort and I'm just not working for a few minutes. Yeah, um, right. And, 
and then and you know i've had a certain amount of travel so i went to dragon con and i oh, wow. went to i got to go to new zealand uh this year oh um, neat. so i traveling has been nice i've i've and I, I suppose that's what i do with some of my time i'm gonna be i'm gonna be traveling that's awesome was was new zealand just for it fun was super cool it was yeah. super cool i was in auckland and i got to go to hobbiton which was really neat Oh, and I went to Rotorua, which is sort of like Yellowstone Junior. Um, and uh, I got to go to the glowworm caves. And oh, wow! Oh, see, that's a place that's kind of that's one of those places that once the kids are out of the house, I want to, yeah. And I've I've talked to just a few people who have been, but it sounds spectacular. It's a really pretty country. Um, uh, people are lovely. Uh, it's a long way to get there. Um, (laughs) but uh, I would love to go back and I'd love to go to the South Island and get to Wellington. Um, it would be great. That's so cool, man. We we really appreciate you spending time with us, Travis. And I mean, just yeah. huge congrats on, on this yeah. second, the second book. I mean, I'm highly biased, but I just, I'm not even, I'm not much of a fantasy reader. And, you know, I, I loved legends and lattes. And I was so happy when you told us when we, when we, when we met you back in episode 59, that you were thinking, thinking about a second one right and um and just it's just so cool to 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 see all of this and i i will say the day that pre-order opened i was on it i was like there was no oh please thank you there was no doubt you know like some books it's like i'm gonna see what people say or i'm gonna see if i can grab the pages and then i'll make the decision and this one it's like well that sucks it's gonna be a year or two but but then when that sucker dropped, so no, this is, and now it's just not far away at all. So that's very exciting. Yeah. It's like, it's less than a month. It's less, it's less than, than a when month. When we, when we do now. these type of things, usually I'm the one to order first. And when Jason oh. somehow got a hold of the, the news that the new one was going to drop and he mess he messaged me, but not before he ordered it so that he could say he ordered it first. Hmm. So it, it, um, it's, it's really looking forward to this. And really it's, it's just, it, it is a pleasure to, to get to chat with you again. It's so happy. I for had you. Just, this is so fun to do. Yeah. No, thank you. We really appreciate it. And we wish yeah. you just ongoing success, man. Safe travels. You've become oh. a real, you've got two fans here of your work, safe yeah. travels, and we will continue to watch for after you take a break. Yeah. And um, read three more. What books comes next? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. fascinating what i found i mean there's a lot of things interesting what two that stand out to me are one um obviously the story how he had to in effect um trash his original intent and change direction multiple times and two how fluid and fast and creative (laughs) his process is to write i i mean there's no way i could do that Um, but you know, you know, like he, like he was saying with writing smaller chapters, you know, yeah, that was provocative. That made a lot of sense. And I was, I mean, selfishly pleased to hear that he does some significant outlining. Yes. Um, but still like, I just sit down and write it. Okie doke. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I'm always fascinated as to the, the, you know, the ingredients and recipe that authors use to make, to, to write. Yeah. And just listening to him talk about, you know, and we, we, we asked the question, how does he prep outlines and then how he just starts writing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I know it's, it's, it's difficult, Travis, but you make it sound so easy. 
Um, and, and thank you for the books. And 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 thank you at yeah. a time for the books you are eventually to write. Yeah. Um, man, oh man. Yeah, because a multi multi book deal now. Mm-hmm. I know we caught him just before he was going to do his. Oh, what 18, twelve? Was it, twelve. I was it was 12? eighteen. So maybe it was eighteen. So it's yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah, a de- one a day traveling nonstop. Oh my god, can you imagine? I couldn't. I don't have the. I don't have the constitution to be able to do something like that. So what, one of our subjects last week during the field study, I, I was walking with them, and they were like, they asked, "So do you travel a lot for work?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I would be, and I'm. I'm. For me, I'd be totally fine with that too. Yeah. So no. Um, yeah. So thank Travis. Phenomenal discussion. We would love to have you as our as a thir- a three time visitor, um, three three or six really. You know, we'll yeah. just you'll every be time a book comes out, these books right. Yeah. So yeah, thank you again for the time. It was phenomenal. Let's let's hop over to the GM corner. Although we have talked about changing the name of that at some point, we just haven't kind of finalized. The direction to go so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um the ending currently known as the gm corner um mm. what is obviously you haven't been at your desk i haven't been at my desk there's not and i haven't what? had much going on but i do have something uh i've been yeah. meaning to show you and even oh send you if you want so uh a few few weeks ago at the university um Right, we're we're I'm I'm at a I'm at the satellite for our university the, yeah. the, for the graduate and professional programming, and every once in a while, um, there's a table right. We have the top floor of of a, of a building because that's where we have what where we are. And every once in a while, um, you know, different offices with extended ed they're hosting things. Well, and I was walking past because I thought there might be chocolate, and I found something better. So these are presumably sunglasses bags gonna hold one up so you can see it but i grabbed a couple i walked by and i thought oh these are perfect dice bags so there's this oh yeah okay nice color purple cinches it yeah that's like the oakley the oakley glasses bag right okay so it's also that microfiber and it's the right and so it's this kind of this classy sheen to it so i picked up a couple and i thought if you're interested as a backup they are perfect dice bags well i'll be quite honest with you i would they, they are perfect dice bags but I would probably keep one in my car. Oh, for your glasses? Because because when I take my glasses off and put my sunglasses on, I can keep them from Perfect. scratching and everything okay. like that. I will I will send so, you these. I just I couldn't resist. I thought, okay, these are great. And then of course I got home and I'm like, I don't actually need a dice bag. I'm really well like I'll I be got honest that with all you. figured out. Not to, not to. This is going to be broaching explicit territory. But you had held up the bag just yes. halfway. And it's a. We're just not going to go there. The color yeah. kind of made me scared as to what you were going to show me. Well, so. if that's that, this would have required medical attention because again, this is a nice purple. <laughs> um, uh, but well, I it, thought, looks, it looks pink to me. From oh yeah, because of the color shift. But I yeah. thought these are pretty cool dice bags because they. I mean, like nothing's going to pierce these, right? You no. and and you can. I mean, they're really like. Like and they, clearly they're like glasses bags. Well, right? and like like, like if 
like if we travel and we take dice along, it's exactly. a very slim line bag for your for right your, and compresses. Your bag. Yeah. yeah. So that's not you know. So in terms of what's on my desk, um, those though actually those have been you know with my with my games and my dice. But I thought, okay, I need to grab a couple of these and 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 share them with you because it was just like, well, that's just kind of a dumb thing that could be fun because like a, a month or two ago, I was searching around my house. I was kind of restock. Re yeah well, reorganizing my dice and like mm-hmm. you know me I I use um I use uh tea canisters, to, you mm-hmm. know tin tea canisters but I still like to have most of them in bags, in the canisters to keep the different sets. Do you separate. still use any Crown Royal bags at all or? Um, well that's what we used to at one yeah. point yeah not for dice because they're bulky and i don't need yeah. that right you don't have that many dice uh for one game system however um <laughs> my colleague my, my my partner in crime here he thought this was great um when we went out for the field study you know we had provided journals right yeah. moleskine journals and then our customized pens um for everybody because it was partly a reflective process and the only bag I had was I had a brown crown royal bag, and that's how I carried, you know, 20 plus pens across state lines and then handed them out. Um, hey. Absolutely. Crown royal bag all the way. That I, I still, you sent me one a while back, or maybe your brother did. Yeah. Probably. And then I have, I have one that I had gotten with like a vanilla flavor, which I wasn't a fan of. Oh, I tried um, the maple. That was awful. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. but it had it. It had, um, the it had the state on it. it. Has the state of Wisconsin embroidered in it. Oh, that's cool. So I won't use that one. You know, I use the regular purple ones for yeah. carrying dice and things like that. But yeah, those are I, when I was a kid. We those were for marbles. Oh when yeah, marbles. Yeah. So. Okay, so that was kind of lame, but kind of fun. What, my friend, is on no, your desk these days? I think, you know, for me, like I think I told you, with you being gone for a week, um, I purposefully shuttered my RPG library um, because I didn't want to go all ADD, um, <laughs> which I'm prone to do, which you probably have to edit that out now. But um, oh, not a chance. I didn't, I didn't want to get all scatterbrained by looking at right. some stuff, things that I want to look at, but I have purposely said not till 2024. Because yeah. um, there are games we're interested in exploring. Yep. And um, I really didn't touch a lot. I still have to get, and it's all on me, I still have to get one of our captain's logs out. We have a couple more we need to record so that we can kind of boom shot out a bunch of them. Um, there's two yep. that you have. Um, I want to do one and then I want to get them out, but I just lots going on out in the world and everything I'm keeping track of. But for me, um, you know, two of the things that have beyond our gaming and, and our discussions and everything like that music, um, uh, I've been heavily studying guitar because of some challenges I have with um, dexterity and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to practice a little more on guitar. So I've been doing that, but then I've also, um, we've talked about this. I've, we both have talked faith and religion a lot. And so for me, I'm just doing some reading and reflecting, um, in that arena because I'm overdue. I haven't done as much of it as I really have wanted to, um, not because of lack of time, but just, I had kind of 
the equivalent version of reader's block. Um, Interesting. But now that you're back and we're getting back on schedule, um, back to captain's log. Um, yes. That's really the focus. I, I'm trying to think of any other games. I do want to get back to doing something with modern age or the expanse, yep. the age mechanic. Yeah, I would too. So that's, those are really the two um, that in, I've been thinking about. In fact, if, 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 if Troy and Malcolm and the other good, good people at Green Runner are listening, I was just chalking up last week in the field, no less, the elegance of the age mechanic and dice. 3D6 and just system. how, yeah. The, yeah, how that 3D6 system is just beautiful. That's the one thing that I've been doing that has been dice related. I've mentioned before that I'd like to do sports replays. Yeah. Um, companies like Stratomatic, um, APA, a, it's pronounced APA, but it's APBA. They have, you can roll dice and re, do sports replays for football, basketball, baseball, um, football, basketball, hockey. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a gentleman that was a big fan. He's obviously an analytical mind. And he wrote about six or eight different dice mechanic oriented games that you can Man. play related to baseball. Man. Unfortunately, he passed away earlier this year. Um, and as part of one of the things he wanted done, he wanted all his games sent out into open source so that other people could enjoy them and use them. There's two that are going to be continued on by someone. So he wrote these baseball games um, using 2D6, 3D6, and 4D6. He said, I'm a big fan of a six-sided die. Apparently. And so um, I've been doing some just generic replays. And ironically, I have kind of a bigger printer here. I printed off. I bought some perforated cardstock so I could print off these cards nice. and perforate them and do it myself. So between those three things, that's kept me busy while you were gone. Um, but it's time to get back into some gaming. Yeah, we're coming is. up on the end of the year, it's always a good time as winter comes um, to make sure the dice are on the desk because it gets yep. cold. Um, so yeah, I'm yep. so I'm. We have a lot going on. I'm excited for um, all that we have happening with interviews and stuff through the end of the year, and mm-hmm. we're talking about mental health, which is important. Always end of the year. Yep. Our yeah. our our final episode of the year and our initial episode of next year are going to focus on mental health. Yep, absolutely. All right, everybody. Uh, It's good to be back recording. You haven't noticed the hiatus, but for Brad and me, there is a bit of a, of a, of a scheduling hiccup on my end. So it's great to be back. Not, not a hiccup, just. Not a hiccup, just a, not a hiccup, just, yep. Just a, an ex- an expansion of our recording schedule. You are quite right. All right, everybody. You know the deal. Be well, stay well. We will see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>